0: faith to prosper pastor's been teaching on faith on sunday mornings and so god put it in my heart to he's been teaching on faith in general and it's been really good but god put it in my heart to talk about specifically faith to prosper uh the world conditions that we are living in right now at this present time uh makes it a necessity for us to be constantly encouraged and built up in the Word of God in order to prosper. And we're going to look at some scriptures tonight and uh, prove that it's the will of God for every Christian to prosper. Yeah. Hallelujah. pastor's been using that scripture a lot, 1 John 5, 14, that says uh, that uh, this is the confidence that we have in Him, that if we ask anything according to His will then we know that He hears us. And if we know that He hears us, we know that we have the petitions that we have desired of Him. So you cannot have confidence if you don't know something is God's will. You cannot pray in faith if you do not know something is God's will. When you say, if it be thy will, you just canceled out your prayer. Your God is not going to answer because you prayed in unbelief. So you have to say, you have to find out God's will about something before you can pray in faith. And then when you pray, you never say, if it be thy will, only one, there's a bunch of different kinds of prayer. And we're not studying prayer tonight, but the, there's only one kind of prayer that you ever say, if it will be thy will will in and that is the prayer of, of dedication or some people call it the prayer of consecration Jesus prayed if it be thy will when he was in the garden of Gethsemane and he was committing himself to God and we can pray that prayer too for instance when you go to prayer and you think maybe um uh, maybe you're praying about, you hadn't even discovered the will of God yet. Maybe you're praying about whether you should uh, uh, buy a new house or sell your house. Well, you go to God and in that case, you can say, now, Father, I don't want my will, but I want your will. But what I'm thinking that I am supposed to do is sell my house. So show me your will. And if it be your will, I will do this, or anything you feel like God's asking you to do, you can say, if it be thy will. In other words, you're submitting to Him. You're paying a prayer of consecration. You're dedicating yourself to His will. And in that case, you pray, if it be thy will. But no other time on anything that you know the will of God, and you don't pray until you know the will of God, you don't say, now, Lord, sell my house until you know the will of God. Hallelujah. You don't pray, Lord. uh, You know, uh, you don't ask for uh, anything. You don't pray, if it be thy will, concerning healing. And if you're going to ask God for money, don't pray, if it be thy will. Find out what he wants you to have. And you know, as you fellowship with the Holy Ghost, he will tell you, And you, after you know the scriptures that you're supposed to prosper, it is God's, uh, will for you to prosper and He will, He will actually show you how and He will talk to you about things He wants to do for you. I, I've told you this before, but I'll say it again in case somebody hadn't heard it. But uh, one time I was sitting on the front porch. No, one time I was sitting on our sun porch in the Lord in Texas, and the Lord said, time to believe me for a new car. He initiated it. I didn't initiate it. I wasn't thinking about a new car. And so we got a new car for us, and I was thrilled because at that time I was driving a Cavalier, a Chevrolet Cavalier a used Chevrolet Cavalier. And so uh, God moved me up. He moved me up to a Lincoln Town car. Hallelujah. <laughs> and that was, that was good back then. I don't think, you know, anyway, it was pretty. Hallelujah. And then what, later on, uh, he, I, we have an anointing for cars. So if you need one, Hallelujah. God has spoken to me about cars so many times. He did that more than once in our lives. Hallelujah. So God is got he he's going to fellowship with you about God the Bible says God does not withhold any good thing from those that walk uprightly. Hallelujah. And of course, we should submit to His will and His timing when it comes to cars and houses and, and uh, things like that. We don't just go out and and just go out on our own. We are constantly seeking Him for wisdom and timing. He knows what we have faith for, and uh, we should make sure we have faith for what we're going to do. But I will tell you one thing, anytime you go with something God initiates, it'll be the easiest thing you ever did. And anytime you get something that you figured out, it'll be the hardest thing you ever did to pay for it, and you probably will be, it'll live in the shop all the time. Hallelujah. So we follow the Holy Ghost, don't we? We have to contend for what belongs to us. We're going to find out tonight what belongs to us, but I will tell you, it's not, Brother Hagen used to say, it's not going to fall on you like ripe cherries off of a tree. You have to contend for what belongs to you. The devil will fight you, especially if you're a tither and a giver and you want to give into the kingdom, the devil will start fighting you. Now, if you're not a tither and you're not a giver, well, you know he pretty much lets you do what you want to. He, he, uh, uh, let's, in Romans 10, 17, says that faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. I want to tell you before we get started tonight that you cannot work up faith. You cannot just, and have you, and if you ever get to the place where you're fighting to stay in faith about finances or fighting to stay in faith about healing or, and I've been there when you're, uh, Fighting to stay in faith, or or when you're just really trying to work your faith up, you're never you you can't do it that way. You ha- faith has to come by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. So when you find yourself in that place, and we've all done it before, where we find ourselves fighting to be in faith, you need to get in the word and get in the word quick and start saturating yourself with the word. And that doesn't mean just speaking the word, but I like to get out the faith, my faith teaching tapes where. Pastor Buzzy teaches on healing, or Brother Hagin, or I have some by um, David Horton that are specifically on faith, or specifically on faith for healing, or specifically on faith for finances. Hallelujah. So you're going to leave tonight with faith for finances because this is the Word of God. Did you know your spirit will naturally produce faith when you feed it the Word of God? Your your spirit will produce faith when you begin to feed it the Word of God. Now it may take a while, especially if you're dry as an old bone, you know. And you had, you may have, we you, we may have to jumpstart you. You may have to saturate. I know uh, uh, when I was a pastor's wife in West Texas. Um, of course, I was young then. Hallelujah! I'm still young, but it was that was a different kind of young. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't a by-faith young. This is a by-faith young. <laughs> Hallelujah. Anyway, so I was young, and I was not never sick. Never. Never. And, of course, we were putting the word in, and that was helping too. But some of it was just, and so I never pr- bothered to study on healing. And then our piano player, and she was our secretary also, got cancer and died with cancer. And we didn't know how to help her. And so, I, I don't know, God just supernaturally did it. He didn't tell me or anything. He just put a desire in my heart to study healing. And I just got everybody's healing CD, or at that time it was tapes, cassette tapes. I got them and I started listening to it and putting it in, putting it in, putting it in, saturating, saturating, listening to it when I went to bed at night. If you wake up in the night, turn it back on. Uh... Listen to it in the car. Listen to it if you're just sitting in the house, just, you know, sitting there just listening. And, you know, in recent days, God's led me to do that again. Get out the old CDs and the old tapes on healing and health and finances and, and faith. Good old-fashioned faith teaching. And I'm glad God's leading pastor to teach us on faith because, you know, we have to have our faith at this time at all all-time high. Because there's a lot more sickness out there. I was telling Pastor, I said, I grew up in Seagraves, Texas, and it's 2,500 people. We knew everybody in town. Everybody. We knew everything about them. And my whole growing up years, we moved there in 1963, from 63 until I got married in 1973. And then we lived there from 73 to 82. So all that time, I never remember but one person having cancer. One person. I'm telling you, something's different now. The devil is on the rampage. Hallelujah. Praise God. Um, <clears throat> also, when the, truth, when the truths of God's Word that we know are not being manifest in our lives, we must apply ourselves more to the word of God. So in other words, we need to beef up the word. If we know we if we know God's word says we're healed, but we're not seeing that in our lives. We have to do what I've done. We have to beef up on the word. We have to, you know, not let it slip. Hallelujah. In Mark 4:24 in the amplified. I want to read you this and then we'll get right in. Hallelujah. This doesn't say this in any Bible, just like this, in any Bible but the Amplified. Mark chapter 4, verse 24. And he said to them, be careful what you are hearing. The measure of thought and study you give to the truth you hear. That's the part I want you to get right there. The measure of thought and study to the truth you hear. You know, we're not supposed to come to church, hear a truth, let it go in one ear and out the other, say, Amen, oh, that's good, and just forget it. No, we're supposed to give thought and study to it. And the measure of thought and study that you give to the truth you hear will be the measure of virtue and knowledge that comes back to you, and more besides will be given to you who hear. So the more you apply yourselves to the Word of God, the more that you're going to get back. And the more you're going to get out of it. Not only more Word is going to come to you, more revelation is going to come to you, but the, the the Word is life, health, and medicine to our flesh. Jesus said, my words, they are spirit and they are life. These words are living when you mix faith with them, now it can be just a book on your coffee table, but when you mix faith with these words, they are living and they change our lives. Hallelujah. And we all have to change. We all have to have renewed minds. None of us started out with a renewed mind. I know there's this there was this town in Europe and the tur- and tourists came through it. I read this story and, and they found saw a little old man was standing there at the what the what the? What's that? City limits sign at the city limits, and he said, and the tourist said to him, "Are there? Were there any great men born in this town?" He said, "No, only babies," and that's the way it is in the kingdom of God. You don't start out as a great renewed mind person. We all started out, and most of you know uh we start out with a thing even eric he is uh he was born he, uh, conceived born and raised by spirit filled holy ghost word talking word believing word speaking um parents but even then i mean we're not perfect and he and, and the world is still there he still needs a renewed mind hallelujah And then some of us, we didn't get started with a mind renewal program until we were 28 years old. Do y'all think we had anything in us that we needed to be uprooted and rooted out? I'll say. Pastor had poverty in him. He came from, I came from people with no money who had a prosperity mentality. And he came from people with money who had a poverty (laughs) mentality. My parents really thought prosperous and hung around with wealthier people than us were their friends. And so I grew up more, you know, on that side. I guess that's why I'm uh, high maintenance and spoiled or something, you know. And, uh, but uh, he grew up with they, where they didn't spend what even they could have afforded to spend. My parents spent all they could afford to spend and probably then some. Hallelujah, thank you Jesus, thank you Lord. <clears throat> okay, um, we're going to start tonight by looking at, the, at uh, I've kind of introduced it, so uh, we're going to start by looking at how that God wants us to prosper, Hallelujah. The Bible says in Psalm twenty-five, thirteen, in the NIV translation, let me just read this to you. He will spend his days in prosperity, and his descendants will inherit the land. And we're going to just look at a lot of scriptures tonight. 3 John 2, you can write them down and listen, or you can turn there. I have them wrote down here, so I'm not going to be turning too often. 3 John 2, you're familiar with this, Beloved. I wish above all things, say above all things, things. that thou mayest prosper and be in health, even as thy soul prospereth. So this is a very revealing verse. First of all, it's written to Christians because he says, Beloved. And so we know he's talking to Christians. And so after you're a Christian, not before, I mean, of course, if you're not a Christian, the thing he would desire above all would be for you to be saved. Amen. But after you're a Christian, and in and and uh, the the New Testament is not written to to Christians like we are today, where we have Christians that are saved and filled with the Holy Ghost, baptized in the Holy Ghost, and then we have Christians that are just saved. But in the New Testament, it was presupposed because he sent. He sent them to the upper room on the day of Pentecost and said, "Tarry there until you receive the power." We've got a messed up church today because we got—we're not—we we're, we we don't have all of our um, beloved sisters and brothers in Christ baptized in the Holy Ghost. But in so that to me would be God's first desire above. If you were not baptized in the Holy Ghost, but John's writing on the presupposition that you would be if you were a Christian, why wouldn't you be? That you'd be weird if you weren't, if you were a Christian. See, they think we're weird, but it's them that are weird. We're normal. We're normal Christians baptizing the Holy Ghost, speaking in tongues, having all nine gifts of the Spirit. We are normal. They're not normal. And if you don't think like that, you'll get messed up and you'll start uh, 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 being ashamed, being, uh, oh, you know, I wouldn't want to mention that I'm baptized in the Holy Ghost and that I speak in tongues. Well, we ought to be bold about it. And like, and they say, do you do that? We ought to say, don't you? Like, and that's where we ought to be. You mean you don't? You're a Christian and you've never been baptized in the Holy Ghost? Don't you read the New Testament? See, that's the problem. Right there is mostly the problem. Anytime you have somebody that is... That, that is what religion does, is, religion, uh, is uh, religion could not prosper if people read the Bible for themselves. If people would read the Bible themselves, religion would just fall apart. But they don't read it for themselves. And they just believe whatever the preacher said. And he just believed what they told him at seminary. And they just believe whatever somebody else said. And it's just been passed down. Hallelujah. And so, but above all things, he says now, that you're saved and filled the Holy Ghost, above all things, above all things, I want you now to prosper and be in health, he says, even as your soul prospers. Now we have to know that we're spirit, soul, and body. I can tell I'm not going to get very far because I have to. I want to teach everything. Hallelujah. But we're spirit, soul, and body. So our spirit's already prospering. When you were born again, your spirit got recreated. You're saved. You're born again. You're a new creation. That's your spirit man. And your spirit man is sealed. The Bible says it. I don't have time to take you there. But the Bible says your spirit's sealed. Your soul is your mind, will, and emotions, and your mind has to be renewed. Your emotions have to be sanctified and brought into order, or they'll just go haywire. You never know anybody their emotions were haywire? Well, you know, so that has to be brought into line, and your will has to be submitted to God. And so he said, according to how much your soul prospers, that's how much prosperity you're going to be able to get or receive from Jesus, receive from the Lord. You have to have soul prosperity. You're going to have to have a renewed mind. You're going to have to have your will. God's not going to be interested in prospering somebody whose will is like, I'm going to do what I want to do, bless God. I don't care what God thinks and I'm not asking. Or somebody through ignorance. Some people are not willful like that. That would be very wickedly willful. But some people are, are just like, uh, I know one person said to us one time, well, God don't care where you live. He certainly does. He has a plan. Acts even says that He determines the boundaries of your habitation. So, uh, um, so we, we must get our soul into a place of prosperity. And if we're not feeding on the word, our soul will quit prospering and we will begin to slide and slip back into the th- th- bad health. Uh, and I'm not saying that every time you have a little sickness, you've slipped, but I will say that most of the time, uh, if you can't deal, if you get attacked and you don't get it dealt with fast, if you get attacked physically, and you don't get it dealt with fast, and I'm preaching to myself too, then you're not full enough of the Word. Because if you're full of the Word and you attack it immediately, and don't let it get a foothold. I've made that mistake so many times. It's where I'm just like, oh, I've got this little ache, but I'm ignoring it. Instead of jumping on on it like a hen will jump on a june bug. Immediately. Jump on it. Immediately resist the devil. Immediately say no. Immediately say, uh, uh, refuse the diagnosis. And it doesn't even have to be the doctor's diagnosis. I have as many people that aren't doctors speaking diagnoses on me as the doctor has. And sometimes they speak a worse one. And have you ever, I've made the mistake a few times of telling somebody some symptom I have, and them start trying to figure out what it is, like they were a doctor. Say, well, does this hurt too? Well, you know, and you know, I'm not saying I hadn't done that too. I have an aunt that we have, her nickname is Granny Clampett. She loves to go with the doctor, and she loves to doctor people, and she's got a, she's got a remedy a home remedy like Granny Clampett did for everything. Okay, so uh, we don't want to be those kind of people. And uh, we don't want to, we won't, you know, you got to figure out a way nicely to back them off. You know, might could be just changing the subject. Hallelujah. In Psalm thirty-five twenty-seven, that's one that we like, isn't it? It says, let them shout for joy and be glad. "...that favor my righteous cause, yea, let them say continually, let the Lord be magnified, which hath pleasure in the prosperity of His servant." So God gets pleasure when His servants uh, prosper. He gets pleasure when His servants prosper. And uh, I think there's a little key phrase in that where it says, "...those that favor my righteous cause." Are you on God's side and is that what you are thinking about is the cause of Christ in the earth? Because when you are, God takes pleasure in your prosperity. Not only your prosperity that enables you to contribute to that cause of Christ, but the, He takes pleasure in you having good things and nice things because you favor His righteous cause. Amen? Let's go to Deuteronomy 8.18. This is a familiar one to you. It says, Thou shalt remember the Lord thy God, for, he, it, for it is He that giveth thee the power to get wealth, that He may establish His covenant, which He sware unto thy fathers, as it is this day. So God gives you the power to get wealth. Now there's two key things in this Scripture. First of all, remember the Lord thy God. God wants you, and if you read this whole passage, there it talks about. Now, when you prosper, don't go off and say that the 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 my hands got it, and my strength got it, and my intelligence got this for me and forget the Lord your God and get so prosperous with so much stuff to take care of that you don't and now we can go to the lake every weekend and now we've got a boat and now we can do this every weekend and you forget the cause of Christ you forgot the Lord your God and how many people have said Lord prosper me and I'll give you this much if you vow a vow and in in order to get prosperity you better keep your vow Hallelujah. So remember the Lord thy God. And then the second thing that's very important in this verse is covenant. The reason He gives you the power to prosper is He wants you to take that money and establish the covenant in the earth. To be an establisher of God's covenant. In 2 Chronicles 16.9, says, For the eyes of the Lord... Run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong in the behalf of them whose heart is perfect toward him. The eyes of the Lord. He's looking for somebody to bless. He's looking for somebody to prosper. His eyes are running to and fro in the earth, the whole earth, it says. To show himself strong in the behalf of... Of those whose heart is perfect toward Him, those that heart that that are that are turned toward God, wanting to do right, not meaning not meaning never mess up, perfect, but their hearts towards God. Hallelujah. Proverbs ten twenty two. It says, "The blessing of the Lord it maketh rich." And he addeth no sorrow with it. When you got saved, you got the blessing. We've talked about this before, but in Galatians chapter 3, you can go there. And it says, say in verse, I believe it's 9. I might not have that right, but read the whole chapter. It'll do you good. Galatians chapter 3, it says, uh, So then they which be of faith are blessed with faithful Abraham. When you came into the faith... (laughs) Sorry, Barry. (laughs) Boom. (laughs) When you came into the faith and received Jesus Christ as your Savior, you got the blessing. So then they which be of faith are blessed with faithful Abraham. The Bible says in Galatians 3.29, 29, says, uh, If ye be Christ, then are ye Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. And God we know what God promised Abraham. He promised him that, it, that through him that, the, that every person on earth would get blessed because of him. Um, so um, and, the, and the last part's very insignificant. he addeth no sorrow with it. Anytime you prosper by sin there is sorrow when you prosper by sin. Now, you can prosper by sin. You can go and you can uh, open up a beer joint. And I might it, it'd prosper here in town. <laughs> I'm sure it would. I don't even think they call them beer joints anymore, but hallelujah. When I was a little girl, it was a beer joint, you know. And... uh. uh <laughs> <laughs> Sports club, whatever you want to call it. Uh, The Black Orchid or whatever. I always see that one downtown, the Black Orchid. Uh, I don't know what that is, but I don't think it's good, so I wouldn't go in there if I was you. Uh, Anyway, um, there's sorrow in that, in prospering in that way. You can do prostitution, and you might could prosper, but I guarantee you those, those girls, they're messed up. It's sad. You can prosper by being a drug dealer, but there's sorrow in it. Philippians 4.19 But my God shall supply all your need. And it's not needs. If you say it needs, you're saying it wrong. It's my God shall supply all your need according to His riches in glory by Christ Jesus. God does not supply our need according to this world system or according to what the economy is doing. He supplies it according to His riches in glory, and He does it by Christ Jesus. I've seen people quote to a sinner that's not born again. Oh, God will supply your need. But it says here, He does it by Christ Jesus. The Amplified says, And my God, "...will liberally supply, fill to the full, your every need, according to His riches in glory, in Christ Jesus." We don't have to have a care. We don't have a care. We don't have to wonder, well, where's it going to come from? Well, how's God going to do it? That's not our part of the responsibility. Our part of the responsibility is to believe His Word and to be in Christ Jesus. It's not our responsibility to know. Anytime you start to try to figure out in your head who's going to do it, how it's going to come, you'll be wrong. You'll miss it. And you'll actually get into unbelief because then when you go around them and they don't even act interested, then you'll be like, oh, I'm deflated. I'm not I'm not in faith. I'm not my faith. Because see, you were not building your faith on the Word and on in Christ Jesus, but you were building your faith on what would a man do? What would my boss do? What would, uh, you know, you may get it in your idea that certain someone's going to buy that house that you have for sale. And we have to fight sometimes to keep our eyes off a man, don't we? And keep them on Jesus. God has a covenant determination He's not just up there saying, I think so. You pleased me today. Yes, that was good. I like what you did today. Although He does like what we do some days. And some days He doesn't like what we do near as much. But the covenant is not moved or altered by what you do. The covenant you have with Almighty God is not moved or altered. But the covenant is released by faith. And sometimes we want to judge people according to their mess-ups. And what they did. And we want to say, well, God won't prosper them. I'm telling you, and uh, in Seminole, we had a lady in our church. And another lady in our church, privately to me, she didn't say this to anybody else in the church, she called her the blonde from hell. (laughs) So that should tell you how she acted. But this girl was single. Her husband and her had divorced. She had three little girls of her own. And one of them was spinal bifida. I'm telling you, she believed God and God blessed her. She was one of the most blessed people in our church. Because she got, now she wasn't the nicest person in our church. (sighs) You know, uh, but she was believing God she was believing god hallelujah i like i like singles i like single women cuz you know they're usually having to fight for it they're having to believe god and because they're having to believe god they're listening to him they're obeying him they're usually the biggest givers in the church nearly all even though they have less money they give more Because they're believing God and they know if God don't come through, they're sunk. We have paid for buildings and paid to remodel buildings in West Texas by single women just believing God with everything they've got. Uh, we We can start depending on ourselves sometimes. True prosperity is the ability to use God's power to meet the needs of mankind in every realm of life. Spirit. Soul, body, financially, emotionally, and relationships. In other words, true prosperity is not just about money. You could have a lot of money, but if you're not saved, for instance, that would be spirit. You're not really prosperous. You could have a lot of money, but if your soul, isn't, if your mind is not renewed, you've got a problem. You could be have a lot of money, but if your body's not well, that's not prosperity, is it? You could have a lot of money and your emotions be all over the place. Maybe even having to be medicated, you know. And that's not prosperity. And you could have a lot of money, but your relationships not be in order. And that doesn't mean you have to be married for your relationships to be in order. Because there's a lot of married people that have money that have really bad marriages. And that's not prosperity. So prosperity, true prosperity, touches every realm of life. And we should desire to prosper, not just financially, but in every realm of our life. And sometimes if we don't fix the other things, for instance, if a husband and wife is in strife, it'll cause, the Bible says where there's envying and strife, there is every evil work. It'll enable the devil to steal from us financially and in our health, we need to pursue the emotional freedom and the emotional happiness. Pay whatever price it takes to to renew our mind and get our mind into that. Amen. Amen. We certainly need to uh we have to have a renewed mind or money won't do anything. I know on the internet today, when I open up the internet, it goes to Yahoo News. I'm on Yahoo. And so it goes to Yahoo News. And so I see what's happening. Just when I open it, I see, well, this person won in Ohio and this part, you know, so don't even have to go to the TV. It just pops up there on the screen and I know who won. Well, today popped up well, thing a girl in Michigan who won a million dollars in the lottery, and she's still taking, she's still got getting food stamps, and uh, of course she said she deserves them because she took it in a lump sum, and they took five hundred thousand dollars in taxes when she won. But my, I maintain she still got five hundred thousand dollars, you know, and. uh she also said she still deserves them because she doesn't have a job. And she deserves them because she has two houses and a new car. That is having um a, That's that's a, an example of having money and you don't have a renewed mind. You still have, I'm going to live off the government mentality. Now, some senator is producing a bill that if you win over $1,000 in the lottery they check it with the welfare rolls and you lose your welfare. Hallelujah. Uh, Praise God. Keep it on going. Thank you, Jesus. Or do we? Lord, help it. Let me give you some things. This is what we'll do. Um, I want to give you seven things before we close that will keep your faith at an all-time high and will cause you to reap the results you want. And there are things you know. They are things you absolutely already know. You may not be doing them all, or you may not be doing them all enough. We live in a very busy world. It's so easy to get sucked into the world system and get so busy that we don't have time for our soul to prosper. And so then we end up with sicknesses and all sorts of things that rob time from us. They rob, they rob finances from us. I don't care if you have insurance. You're still going to get another bill. Trust me, I know. You're going to get another bill besides what the insurance paid. And every time you see a doctor, they want $35. And every time you see a specialist, they want $50 right up front. So it pays to keep our faith at a high. And plus, uh, there's things doctors can't cure. There's... uh, contagion that they don't even know about or understand and even and even it'll never stop as soon as you we want the cure for cancer as soon as they get it something else the devil is he is prospering this 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 disease thing it mutates it does all sorts of stuff I'm not trying to scare you, but I am trying to say, we will never get to the place where we can quit living off the Word of God. Jesus said that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that cometh forth out of the mouth of God. We will always have to live by the Word. We will always have to live by faith financially. I believe the church is going to be blessed and have a a tremendously get brighter and brighter. But I tell you the world's not the world system's going to get darker and darker. That's what the Bible says. So we have to keep ourselves by the promises of God over in another system. We have to we have to every day choose life. Every day choose blessing. Every day watch our mouth and that's one of them. Number 1 though is hear the word. Romans 1017 and this you will never get to the place where you can quit renewing your mind because you got a renewed mind first of all your mind will slip back your mind will start being affected by your coworkers or your um, wh- whoever's so it's a constant renewing of your mind I think some people need to renew they need a renewed mind where finances are more than any than other people. Some people need a renewed mind where uh, 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 healing is more than other people. But all of us need really both. The older you get, the more you will have to walk and live by faith in your physical health. There is this thing called aging. But we use our faith every day. I do. I use my faith on Psalm 103 where it says that He renews our youth like the eagle's. Lord, renew our youth. I use my faith on being strong. I'm using my faith. I have, and and I do it different ways. I You know, I get bored if I feed on the Word the same way every time. Now, I have every healing scripture in the Bible that I've found so far. There might be more. Marked, marked. And so I don't even have to look at a paper and look them up. I can just start at the back. And find Yella and read and read. And I just, or sometimes I start in Revelation. I'll start in Revelation 12, 10. And then I'll go that way. And sometimes I'll start in Exodus 15 and go that way. Or sometimes I'll get out, uh, I have a the Charles Capps book on health. Sometimes I'll do that. Or I have another little book on scripture confessions that I have. And I'll do that. And I have Gloria Copeland's book that has all the scriptures uh, that Dodie Osteen used to get healed of cancer. Dodie Osteen was John Osteen's wife and Joel Osteen's mother, and they gave her six weeks to live. She had lymphoma, I believe, is the cancer she had. They gave her six weeks to live. She's still alive. This was back in the, uh, the 80s, the early 80s. And, uh, she, uh, there was a certain set of scriptures, and to this day, she does not leave the house without reading those scriptures. To this very day. Because she don't want it coming back. Hallelujah. And then right now, what I'm doing is I have wrote my healing scriptures, especially the ones I'm standing on specifically. I, You know, you don't just need 1 Peter 2, 24, although that's awesome. Psalm 103, that's great. Malachi chapter 4, that's awesome. I love it. Matthew 8, 17. 3 John 2, those are awesome. Galatians 3, 14, uh, those are great. But you really need a Rhema word just to you for your specific condition. And not one you looked up in the book, in a book, but as you feed on the word of God every day, God will bring one to you. He gave me one day, first Samuel chapter thirty, I believe it's verse twelve, where it says, Without fail ye shall recover all. It jumped off the page at me. And so I have that on my little card, and I thank the Lord. Lord, thank you that I recover all. I recover all flexibility. I recover all strength. I recover all movement. I recover all ability to walk. I recover uh, all cartilage in my knee. Amen. I recover all without faith, but I'm gonna, I'm contending for it. I'm pressing. Hallelujah. I have other little things. I I have a scripture that says, that God gave me the crooked places. The crooked, not the crooked places. The crooked shall be made straight. I have a toe that tries to be crooked. And I tell it, no. No, the crooked places are made straight. And you're straight. And you know, I had somebody tell me the other day, your toe's getting better. It is. It is. Cause I'm speaking to it, I'm contending for it. You need something specific to stand on, and then you need to thank God for it. So I'm using these. I'm use these. I take these little cards, and these cards are like pills to me. Take a pill. Take it. Read a card. Take a pill. Cause it is medicine. How did I get over on healing? I'm supposed to be preaching on prosperity. You can do that with financial scriptures too. <laughs> Amen. Okay, so hear the word. Not only hearing it, the best person you got to hear you say it. Comes out your mouth, into your ears, and down into your heart. But you also need to listen to good faith teaching. Because what the reason you don't want just to, you want to listen to good faith teaching is it'll straighten out the way you're thinking wrong. It'll help you. Number two, speak the word. Hebrews 4.14 says to hold fast to your profession of faith. Without wavering, that's your confession. You gotta speak the word. Hold our tongue. Proverbs four twenty four says, "Let uh, uh, what does it say?" Um, uh, help me, Jesus. Let's see, let's see. My son, attend to my words. Lean not into the huh. Put away from thee a froward mouth, or the King James says perverse mouth. Put away from thee a froward mouth. So put away from you anything that's not saying the word. That, that'll, that'll keep you, that'll keep you busy right there. Or at least it does me, unless you're, it keeps me busy. I stay busy saying, I renounce that in Jesus' name. No, Lord, I'm sorry. I do not confess that. Forgive me, Lord. And that's how you dig up a seed. When you plant a bad seed, you dig it up with your, you dig, you plant it with your mouth, you dig it up with your mouth. When you plant a good seed and then you say something different than that, you dug it up. Hallelujah. Which brings us to number four. Get rid of double-mindedness. That's James 1.8 says a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. And that man cannot hope to receive anything from God. That The double-minded man is the man that says, by his stripes I am healed. And the next day he says, oh, I am so sick. Got to really watch your mouth. You know, sometimes I use that walking stick. But I have caught myself several times saying to Michael, say, hand me... My cane. And then I say, no, in Jesus' name, that is not my cane. This is not my ulcer. I don't have one, but it's not my ulcer. It's not my. People say, my ulcer, my cancer, my, my allergies. You just took hold of them. You just said they're mine. Just like you'd say, that's my car. When you say, that's my, then it's yours. So don't say my. You can say, the doctor said, or the diagnosis was, but you don't receive it. It's not yours. I don't receive it. The Bible says that submit yourself to God and resist the devil. That doesn't mean just resisting the person, but resist what the devil gives. Resist sickness. Resist poverty. Resist lack. I don't know why I'm teaching on healing. You must have needed healing more than you needed. Hallelujah. I can't get it off my mind. Yes, I can. Number five, guard your heart. Proverbs 4.23 says, guard your heart. With all diligence for out of it are the issues of life. That means you've got to watch what people... You know, we read a scripture. The first scripture we read was take heed what you hear. Be careful what you hear. You know what the remote's for? When that something about sickness and disease comes on an advertisement where they're advertising uh, Zyrtec and... I don't know what all they advertise, but it's a lot of it. Boy, we change the channel. When they start talking about cancer on the news, we change the channel. We don't want to hear it. We guard we're guarding our heart. Not letting fear get in. Not letting not not planting seeds in our heart. Number six, don't let anything slip. Hebrews 2 1. I'm gonna turn there. I don't think I can quote it. The reason I didn't return to every scripture tonight is because I had a lot. And I knew we wouldn't get through them if we turned to everyone. Hebrews 2.1 Therefore, we ought to give the more earnest heed to the things which we have heard, lest at any time we should let them slip. Have, did you used to confess the word, but you let it slip? I've done that before. Did you used to always do something that you have let slip? Did you used to read Psalm 91 every day, but you let it slip? Don't let it slip. Don't let it slip. Hallelujah. You know, I have... Some, I know we're busy, but you can take Charles Cap's mini book, and when you're sitting at a light, you can confess three pages while everybody else is texting and phoning. You can confess three pages out of Charles Cap's book. You can make time. You can make a way to put the Word in. Sometimes we have to fight for what we get. Most of the time. I, I have the privilege of getting up in the morning. I don't have to be here at a certain time. I always tell him, now, if you fire me, it'll take uh, three people to replace me. And I have him convinced of that. And so I don't have to be here at a certain time. So I, I, can, I can do that. But you know, even though I can do it, I still have to fight for it. Because the devil tries to distract me. He, You know, even if the phone's not ringing, sometimes it's just like, why? I'm having trouble getting my mind to to focus on this today. But it's important. Number seven, when you mess up, start again. That's the key, really the key to success because you are going to mess up. You're going to make the wrong confession. Now, you know, I don't like it when pastor says, don't say that you know, or if he says, I hope you don't get that, what you just said, or, you know, he'll make some little remark to me, and sometimes I say, do the same thing to him. Sometimes he'll say something, I'll say, no, and I renounce that. You are not having that. That's not happening to you. Even sometimes that we things we think are silly. You know, Gloria Copeland always tells the story about how she always said, that just blows me away. And then she was, teaching in, uh, I think it was St. Augustine, Florida. I'm not sure, but it was somewhere in Florida. I believe it was St. Augustine. And the civic center that she was teaching in the roof, it, the roof blew away. Don't say that blows my mind. You, there's a lot of things we have to... That scares me to death. We don't like the death word. We don't use it. You got to hold fast. You're going to have to fight. Hallelujah. Praise God. When we're concerning finances, we don't say, we're broke. Now, I heard that all my life. My mom said, oh, we're broke. We're broke. We were always broke. Somebody, I believe it was either Anita or Chris, they both work at banks, said when they go to the break room for breaks, that that's all the girls talk about is how broke they are. We're broke. You don't want to say that. So broke, Michael's uncle, so broke, I can't pay attention. You don't want to say that. You don't want to tell the, you don't want to, kid. The, Andrew's in the store and he says, can we buy a toy? You don't want to say, we can't afford it. Don't say we can't afford. We said, we used to say, it is not wisdom at this time. Or we could just say, no. Uh, I mean, the, that would be a strange little word for most kids. No. Not today. <laughs> Maybe later That's what I hear parents say Maybe later I'll think about it Hallelujah Thank you Jesus We just have to watch what we say Because we don't want to go to all this trouble To speak the word All this trouble To Listen to the preached word And then dig up the seed With our very own mouth It's so easy to do it's so easy. But the more we renew our mind, the harder it becomes to do. There is that initial time when you like feel like would you just put a band aid over my mouth and and so I can't say anything? Hallelujah. Y'all 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 are y'all are doing good. But God does want us to prosper. Thank you, Jesus. He delights in your prosperity. Thank you, Jesus. Well, Pastor do I want to receive an offering? Go ahead. Okay, the ushers are...